Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We stay on the Eastern Seaboard by looking at the NFC East here on the show today. Rookie of the Year candidates for all four teams in the NFC East as we go division by division, looking at the potential candidates for all 32 teams in the National Football League. Jamie, we'll jump right into it because there's a lot of teams, there's a lot of picks, there's a lot of stuff to discuss. Yeah, I mean, look, when I think of the Eastern Seaboard, Dallas, Texas is the first city that comes okay, to mind I made that joke when we did the, the thing the first time, when we did the NFC East Draft ca- class recap, so I wasn't going to, like, do it again. I'll let you do it this time. It's already been done. Yeah. What's in motion is already in motion, Christopher. This uh, Philadelphia Eagles draft class, pretty good. Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, uh, the two guys that you probably look at from Defensive Rookie of the Year candidates. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to talk offensive rookie of the year because you've got a, sw- a backup tackle and a backup quarterback as your two options. So I, I think we can. If Tanner McKee is in the offensive rookie of the year conversation with something like horribly, horribly wrong for a lot of things and a lot of reasons and a lot of places. So let's not even consider this. But uh, to me, I, I, and I want to know what your thoughts are too, Chris. Um, I guess that's what makes it a podcast, not yep. just me just talking to myself. But I kind of want to pick Nolan Smith over Jalen Carter. And I think there's a couple reasons for this. One, I do think the we know how the Eagles want to rotate the interior to the defensive line. We saw how, even when he was healthy, how relatively little percentage-wise of the snaps that Jordan Davis played when he came in as a rookie. I, I, I kind of like low-key don't like anybody on this team to to win a rookie of the year award and i am i'm you're gonna tell me what the odds are on jalen carter and i'm probably not gonna be happy my guess is they're gonna be like nine to one or ten to one i'm just not gonna be happy with that how about less than that how about six to one for jalen oh, carter it. to be the defensive Stop rookie it. of the year how no that? i'm out nolan O-U-T smith out nolan smith 22 to one from a value perspective, I like that. I mean, a from a value side, yeah, I, I would take Nolan Smith at 22 before I took Jalen Carter at 6. And, and look, we also have to acknowledge the elephant in the room here, which is that there are some ongoing things that are plaguing Jalen Carter right now off the field that could factor into not only the type of play that you're going to get from him in year one, but maybe the availability uh, at times for, for year one. So yeah. to me, it's 6-1. to one, that there's just there's no value there at all. Well, here's the other thing too, right, Jamie? We have a recent example of how the Philadelphia Eagles work in defensive rookies into their system, right? Last yeah. year with Nicobe Dean, he was a little different case coming off of an injury, but Nicobe Dean and yeah. Jordan Davis both didn't immediately rush into starting roles and immediately become major impact players. They're both on snap counts, specifically yes. Jordan Davis. And so I think what you're going to see is something very, very similar uh, with Jalen Carter in that regard, rotating that interior, that defensive line. And so to me, uh, there's more of an opportunity for Nolan Smith, but he is competing with Hassan Reddick, who's probably their yeah. best defensive player, second best defensive player. I mean, he's that good for them in this system. So I I don't love either of these guys. I don't think I'd pick either of these guys. I think Jalen Carter being six to one is a little bit of, is a little rich for me. That's a lot. Yeah. And I think this is as good as this class was uh, in total. You start to look at it individually and you look at the individual pieces that are there. And I just, I start to wonder if any one player is going to excel in their rookie year to that level, as much as we really love like this class as a whole in those top two picks. 
Dallas Cowboys, the next team up for us. And this is an interesting one. I think there's a clear candidate for either side. Not one I'm going to love, but I think there's a yeah. clear candidate for both awards here on the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I, I think my eyes immediately go to Luke Schoonmaker, yep. uh, the tight end they took in the, in the second round. There's a clear opening. Uh, he'll be in a little bit of a three-way competition early on, but there's a clear opening for somebody to emerge from that tight end room. Uh, this is an offense that is still just brought in a, a wide receiver, a true wide receiver two in Brandon Cooks this offseason. But we have seen Dak Prescott target Dalton Schultz and Jason Witten plenty throughout his career and now needs another option in the middle of the field. Uh, you know, I, I don't see Deuce Vaughn having any sort of significant role in year one if he makes the roster anyway. So uh, I, I'm not over the moon about Schoonmaker there because I feel like, A, we do still have to account for it. I'll keep, I'll keep beating this point home. Tight ends typically have an adjustment period when they come into the NFL. Um, and Schoonmaker still has to showcase what his true upside is as a pass catcher. But I think he, of all the offensive options, is the clear choice here for Dallas. Uh, yeah, the odds don't necessarily reflect him as a favorite in the offensive wow. rookie of the year. Is he like 40 to one? 100 to one for Luke Schoonmaker. Oh, so he is, he is 100 to one. Yeah, I mean, I get it, right? There's competition. Even if he became the tight end one, you're behind C.D. Lamb, you're behind Brandon Cooks. All right, do you want to play the game? The group of players. Well, there's that, probably going to be a lot of players around him at 100 to 1. Not a ton, but it is a decent okay. amount. All right, play the game. Luke Musgrave. Okay, we're playing the same game here. Okay. Trey Palmer. Oh, God. Marvin Mims. Okay. Darnell Washington. Okay. Evan Hull. Okay. Eric Gray. Okay. Stenson Bennett, Demario Douglas, and Kayshawn Boutte, two players we talked about yesterday. That's the group that Luke Schoonmaker finds himself in. Well, I like him better than most of those guys. I think Musgrave's an interesting flyer there, but we'll talk about that later. Um, Yeah, I don't think we're going to have a a rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year award winner from the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, I don't think so either. It would be Schoonmaker. I don't think we're going to have a defensive rookie of the year for for the Cowboys either. Well, because you're going to pick Mozzie Smith, right? We can transition to having that conversation right now. That's the player you're going to pick, right? Sure, but like your two best players that you got on defense in the draft, by the way, I like a lot, are an interior defensive lineman and an off-ball linebacker. Not normally conducive. Those are positions that don't tend to win these awards. Right. Jalen Carter. Mozzie Smith, um... 50 to 1? I mean, look, Mozzie Smith could have a great season and be a really effective run stopper for them and actually bring a ton of value to this team. But, like, who's voting for him? What campaigners are going to be around Mozzie Smith to win this award? Like, that's my concern. Like, when you're playing the game here, we've talked about this. Sack production, ball production. Where is that going to come from, Ozzie Smith? It's yeah, it's not, and that's great going to be the problem. It's a great fit. He's going to be a, a r- huge help for that defense. I think it's a it, it was a great pick in my opinion. They need a run stopper. That's an area of need. But that's what they went out and did, and so you you like it from that perspective. But in terms of those guys, don't up, win hardware. Right, they don't put up the level of production. Well, I mean, there's one guy that does, but he's not necessarily an interior run stopper. But you know who I'm talking sure. about. Sure, and, 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 and yeah, and that's Aaron Donald, and and I think that's the that is the exception and that is the what you're hoping for but he gets sack production right right he's an interior defensive lineman that also just creates absolute chaos now you know he and again i know there's there's this whole debate that happened against him versus the run that happened two years ago if you remember on social media and all that garbage but if aaron donald which i think he's perfectly fine against the run if he got four sacks a year he wouldn't be in this conversation 
as dominant as he is in all the other elements of his game, he he needs to, you need to have a certain level of that production for people mm-hmm. to sometimes recognize all of the outside of your individual team or the hardcore fan. You need some level of splash and sizzle and sexiness for everybody to kind of look at you and go, oh, wow, look at everything this player does. Uh, speaking, just the, just the fact. speaking of flash and sizzle and sexiness, I think the New York Giants are going to be the team that are going to do the heavy lifting here in terms of hardware candidates for this division. Uh, Jamie, just like it was for the Dallas Cowboys, I think it's relatively obvious the two names that we're going to invoke. Yeah, yeah Eric Gray, you just mentioned it. Um, that's going to be a no. It's not going to be Eric they, Gray. When, Eric, when Saquon Barkley sits out the season. Uh, no, no. Uh, so the the two names here are, are Deontay Banks and Jalen Hyatt, right? That is correct. Yeah, we don't have to. Okay, we don't have to disagree. Let's talk about Deontay Banks, okay? Because he's going to probably have an opportunity to start from week one. I think that we went back to the conversation that we had in in the AFC East, and the value of being able to play the full season is a big piece of value. Again, I will argue the same thing I did when we talked about the corners in that division, just like Christian Gonzalez here. You need the ball production, and Deontay Banks can get it. I would not be shocked if he has that opportunity, but you're going to need ball production to win this as a corner unless you have that crazy season that Sauce had. And again, as we talked about Christian Gonzalez, Sauce was a better prospect uh, than Deontay Banks was, but I will give him credit at least. It's a big market, and it's a fir- and it's a week one starter. And that is a damn good start. If you're trying to look for a foundation to kind of find these awards, that's a good, that's a good combination. It's a big market. It is a starting position. I also think it's a position where we talk about the the priors of needing to be in a position where you can put up statistics yeah. that are identifiable. That is what the corner position will be. Uh, the other corners in that room for the New York Giants are, are Adoree Jackson, who I think will be one yeah. of the starting corners. And Deontay Banks is probably battling Cordell Flott for the other corners. Yeah, and, and, I he's, think he and should, he's better than Cordell He's better Flott. than Cordell Flott. So he should be this, the, oh, the should. corner opposite Adoree Jackson uh, week one uh, to start the season. And so, yeah, you would put him... Uh, in the mix now Jamie, he's got some tests in that division like the, the receiving cores in that division the, the the mclaurin and dotson the cooks and lamb the brown and smith like those are some he's got six matchups you're gonna get those guys. marquee matchups throughout the, the course oh. of the season for you to be able to, to showcase uh-huh. yeah 100 they've got seattle at home on monday night which okay, should be a big that's, test that's potential metcalf matchup or or against jsn or jsn or locket which whoever's right. switching in and out like so, yeah so there's some matchups on this schedule for the for um, for Deontay Banks where he can go ahead and put it together. Okay, Deontay Banks' odds, courtesy uh, of our friends over at FanDuel, fifty-five to one. Uh, how about twenty to one? How about you weren't even close? Twenty to one for Deontay Banks. Oh, I thought we were gonna get some value there. Eight, he is tenth on the list. I should have known better. I should know New York tax. What am I doing? Yeah, that was that was poor. I know you just said this. it yesterday on the show. I know. I, I I gotta be better. That was that was bad. Uh, he's in front of Nolan Smith though, as he should be. So Deontay Banks twenty to one on this list. Like uh, that we, more than Carter at six to one. I do, as do I. Uh, we mentioned uh, the other guy uh, that they took early, Jalen Hyatt, and yeah, this is the one for me, Jamie. I think this is going to be my pick when the division's all said and done. Really, pick, this just... is going to be the guy for me. There is, there is oh. a, there is a cacophony of opportunity here. There is a surplus of opportunity, cornucopia, a cornucopia, as you will, a buffet of opportunity here for Jalen Hyatt to be a top receiving option in this offense. And that's what you're betting on, right? You're betting on the 100%. opportunity. And, and and to me, I'm not as big, a, I'm not as high on the player relative to, to others. I thought third round was a reasonable value. I thought they got him at a reasonable value. But like we talk about the receivers that are coming into the NFL this year. And I had a, a solid handful ahead of, of Jalen Hyatt, but 
to your point, Chris, opportunity matters. And he enters this room with a bunch of guys. You want me to read them? Yeah, I've got the list. You want me to read them? What, like Wando Robinson, Sterling oh, Shepard, Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, be respectful. Wide receiver one for the New York Giants next season, Paris Campbell. Okay, be respectful. Starting slot, Paris Campbell, yeah. Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodgins, Sterling Shepard, Wandell Robinson, Jamison Crowder, Jeff Smith, Colin Johnson, or some of the other players in that room. David Sills, the fifth, also in that Boy, room. Boy, they've got, I mean, they've got wide receiver threes and fours on lock. Bryce Ford what. Wheaton in there as well, undrafted free agent. He's really, he's interesting. He's an interesting guy. I mean, not not for this purpose, but I think he. I would not be surprised if he gets like a practice squad spot. So Sterling Shepard coming back from the injury. Yeah, they got a lot of they got a lot of slot guys though. We've talked about this ad nauseum that they've got a lot of guys. (laughs) They're all slot guys except for like Colin Johnsons and Hodgins, and like they're all slot guys. I do you Jalen Hyatt's not exclusively a slot player. No, but I think that's his. That's the positive for him right that's what i'm saying because he's it's not that, like i'm not playing can... shepherd outside i'm not i'm not necessarily playing wandale outside i'm not playing jameson crowder outside like see to me paris paris campbell's going to slot inside they're yeah. going to use wandale as a replacement for paris campbell or as a gadget player and then you're going to line up isaiah hodgins and jalen hyatt on the outside like that's what i would do i would that's, put hyatt outside so over firing i would put yeah Jaylen... Would you not put well, yeah. Jalen Hyatt outside more outside first over Darius Slayton? I would. Sure, I would. It, it, it's that there's all their good receivers are slot guys. So this will be where Hyatt gets the opportunity to show he can win outside if he can. And yeah, so so Chris, I, I, I get it. And I think there, there's – we talk about opportunity. You talk about – I mean, look, there's – there's. it's tough to say any receiver that, that came into the NFL through the draft has a lesser gap to get to the top of the depth chart than – Jalen Hyatt does, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's so uh, from that perspective, I get it. The question then becomes, do you want to bet on the player? Like the situation is great. The situation is exactly what you're looking for, but I'm just not sure. Offensive-minded coaching staff. Like that's the other thing huh? that I'm kind of looking at that kind of leans me in that direction. What, what are his odds right now? Because I feel like we're not going to get the value that I okay. would have hoped for. All right. Do you, I mean, let's see. i give you another opportunity. New York tax. Go ahead. Figure it out. I'll give you nine one. to one. Okay, you kind of you, you you charged a very hefty tax there. That was a, that was a big that was a big tax that you charged. Uh, okay, no, so oh yeah, because offense good. Uh, Sixteen to one. Okay, you're closer. Thirty to one for Jalen Hyatt. That's good value in my opinion. I would take. Yeah, a I think that's on that. I think that's decent. I see you scared me off with the other stuff. Same, uh, him and Devon Achain at both thirty to one. Yeah, I, I would take a shot on Hyatt before I take a shot on Achain. That's what I. Hyatt doesn't need doesn't need two guys to get hurt to make an impact. No, Jalen Hyatt might be a starter week one of the regular season. He, he very well could be. He, he's a guy that I'm going to have a gold star next to during training camp and preseason to kind of see how he ascends up the depth chart. It's, he's, it's a crowded room, it's and also, I'm very curious to see how it plays out. Right. It's also going to be very interesting to see how the Giants deploy these guys because, as you mentioned, yeah. a lot of slot guys, but they might try to do some other stuff with them. So we'll see what uh, Dable has, uh, what he's been cooking up this offseason. Um, all right, Jamie, the last team that we have to talk about here in this division, the Washington Commanders. Uh, there's one player. Yeah, it's Emmanuel Forbes. It's Emmanuel um, Forbes, and that's the end of the conversation. Yeah. It's not Ricky Stromberg. We're not giving it to a center. If Creed Humphrey could win it, Ricky Stromberg ain't winning it. Let's say if Creed Humphrey couldn't win it, we're never yet. Yeah, Chris Rodriguez is going to be in the backfield. So there's no offensive guy to talk about. Um, This is the one that's interesting because okay. Forbes had some ball production. He did. And he's going to get an opportunity to play and play a lot right away in that same division minus obviously switching out the commanders uh 
receivers with the Giants receivers in this case. But, uh, you know, I, I imagine that he's going to probably start, uh, you know, him and Kendall Fuller uh, are going to start right Kendall away. Kendall Fuller wasn't particularly good last year either. So it's not like no, that's he a wasn't. tough battle and, to win. And again, there's some other guys there that you like in in different roles, like Benjamin St. Juice and Cam Dantzler. And, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm curious, curious to see if um, Quan Martin plays safety or if he's plays more of that nickel hybrid type of option for them that they had guys coming in and out of last year. But um, he has the opportunity here because he's, uh, to me, he's the best corner on that roster already. Uh, and if he comes in, has a successful season right away, gets some ball production, he has an opportunity to win that award. Um, I feel a little bit better about him than I feel about some of these other guys just because he does have, he has been able to get his hands on the ball and he is going to get a lot of opportunity. Uh, to have some success there. Not my favorite bet still. Um, so far, the Eastern Division has not been overly exciting in no, terms of like, oh, bit. I got to I got to go out and bet on this guy. And I know, you know, it is what it is. We'll talk about some some of those guys later on. But uh, I think of the defensive guys we talked about so far, I probably like Forbes better than anybody else we've talked about in the division. Okay, relative Jay- to their value, like Jalen Carter has a better chance to win the award, I would say, but not at six to one. You don't know Emmanuel Forbes' value yet. This is where I ask you: Can you guess Emmanuel Forbes' value? Fourteen to one. Now I will tell. Okay, you didn't let me set up the bit there, but that's all right. Deontay Banks to twenty to one. Just as just as comparison, we just talked about that. Deontay Banks is twenty to one. So do you think Emmanuel Forbes is higher or lower than Deontay Banks? Lower. I'm going to say 18 now. I changed it to 18. So the guy, guy said 14. Uh, let me go on my little soliloquy and then change to 18. All right, you moved closer. He's 17 to 1. Oh, okay. He is, he's got the seventh best odds to win the rookie of the uh, year on the defensive uh, side of the ball. He yeah, is I mean, the I, second highest player in the division. Jalen Carter is obviously number one. Jalen Carter at 6 to 1 is, is, is the most. Yeah, I mean, look, that, it makes sense. And, and part of it is, I mean, we'll get to the meat and potato guys. We're going to talk about some edge rushers here pretty soon. Um, that are going to be the really interesting conversations for the guys. But look, it's it's interesting because, again, I can see a path for Emmanuel Forbes. I'm not sure I love it at 17 to one. Um, It's just it's I'm just it's just coming to the conclusion for me, Chris. It's going to be really difficult for me to, to put a bet on a corner for defensive rookie of the year this year. It's going to be really tough. Well, do you think... And I know we haven't talked about Devin Witherspoon yet. I know we haven't talked about... Um, you know, there are a couple other corners in the, in the first round that we didn't talk about. Maybe. I know there, there are some long shots I like. You know, we talked about DJ Turner, um, you know, as one that we might want to talk about. Like, there's some long shots that if you want to throw two or three bucks on... I well, think I've got a long wild. shot when we get to to his team. He's he's 45 to 1. Money's right, going down go. on this guy. There you go. But I'm just not going to be overly excited about taking a corner this year. I know the fact last year the top two defensive rookie or top two of the top three defensive rookie of the year candidates were corners. But doesn't that work so, against you? But, because you're like, ah, the way they give it to a corner two years in a row. It's not even that. It, I think what's working against it is like, I don't think any of these guys are going to do what Sauce or Tariq Wool And, and, and that's going to hurt them. Right. And so in my head, it goes like, boy. And I think it's going to go in some other people's heads too. It's like, man, we're not going to like this. wasn't good enough to finish top three last year. Are we really going to give that player cornerback one? Aiden, we'll see. Aiden Hutchinson had a very good rookie season as a pass rusher, and he was beaten yes. out by two corners because one of them was a was a ball hawk and got all the interceptions into Raekwon, yeah. and the other guy you couldn't throw the ball anywhere near him because it yeah. wouldn't work out very well for you in Sauce Gardner. 
So that's yeah. what it takes. That's the recipe that it takes to beat a very good pass rush season as a rookie for Maiden Hutchinson. I don't think you're going to get that same combination of events that will keep a pass yeah. rusher out of this award next year. I, I would be surprised. I, I would be really, really surprised because I just I don't see any corners in this class, Devin Witherspoon included, that are as good as what I thought those other two guys were. Okay, we close with the most important question. We're going to do this for every single division that we do. Jimmy, you have to pick one person. You have to pick one player for one award that you think is the most likely candidate to represent this division in winning a Rookie of the Year award. I kind of already gave mine away, so I'll go first if you want some time to think. Jalen Hyatt for me, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I like the coaching staff. I like the situation. I like the opportunity. I like the player enough to think that he's going to be able to put up numbers. And I'm here to tell you, Jamie, wide receivers... If they can put up good statistics, yeah. they're going to be in the mix. So for me, it's Jalen Hyatt. Are we giving it because we haven't talked about one yet? Are we giving enough credence to like the QB tax? Are that we giving get, enough conversation get a bump because Daniel Jones is his quarterback? No, I'm talking about for no, I'm doing the opposite here. That we're talking about a lot of offensive rookie of the year, but we haven't talked about any of the quarterbacks yet. And the quarterbacks always seem to have an advantage. And if all things are tie goes to the quarterback. Uh, sure. So are we so but theoretically, I, are we better off in this exercise picking a defensive player? Because it's more likely if we're gonna pick a long shot, if we're gonna pick a surprise, it might be more likely that there's a surprise defensive player of the year versus a surprise offensive player of the year, given all of the rookie quarterbacks that are coming in that are expected to play major roles. So I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I have to be true to myself. And I think Jalen Hyatt has a better chance of winning the Offensive Rookie of the Year award than I do any of the other players that we mentioned for Defensive Rookie of the Year award. I have concerns about... Deontay yeah. Banks and Emmanuel Forbes doing enough from a ball production perspective. And I don't think they're going to be elite shutdown corners. Not to say they're going to be bad players, but I don't think they're going to be elite shutdown corners where I'm pretty sure my floor for Jalen Hyatt's going to put up enough statistics for him to be in the conversation. I guess. And Jalen Carter is um, going to be a part of a rotation. Look, J Jalen Carter is the most likely of the group. But if we're talking about value which is what the whole point of this is, is because the likeliness doesn't mean anything because that's what the bad, there's already odds based on that. Right. I think the value of Jalen Hyatt is, is, is too good. No, I will reluctantly agree with you. Wow. I convinced you. 30 to 1. I will reluctantly re agree with you. Yeah. I mean, that's because good. even though I don't fully believe in the player to that level, I believe all of the other auxiliary pieces around it that make him a strong candidate. It's it's which not the others don't have. It, it what you have to do here, and and I know you're doing this, but I want to explain the thought process to the audience. You now have to separate the player evaluation a little bit, and now look at the situation that this player finds himself in. Yeah. And I and I don't know if there's a better advantageous situation for a rookie wide receiver to find themselves in than Jalen Hyatt in this wide receiver room. Now there are listen. Jordan Addison gets to go play with Justin Jefferson and have Kirk Cousins throwing the ball. That's pretty good. That's nice because you're going to be able to get some targets. But for an immediate get on the field, potentially be the number one option, Jalen Hyatt has a very, very nice path to be able to get there. And so from a value perspective, you're telling me I get 30 to 1 on that? I'll take it. I yeah. will take it. No, I will that's take, fair. I'll that's take fair. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, that's going to do it for us here on this edition of the show. Um, we've got, uh, Jamie, do you want to tell the people about the lovely announcement that you shared with everybody today uh, in the TDM Premium Discord? You want to share it with the podcast sure. listeners now? Uh, for those that are not in there, uh, this Friday, we're going to have a very special TDN Premium Takes Only Takes on Takes episode. The whole episode will be Takes on Takes. So we'll do two more teams, or excuse me, two more divisions this week. Pause. We'll, we'll finish half the league. 
Friday, we'll do full takes on takes, which if you want to participate, please make sure you go to the Discord, uh, TDM Premium Discord. If you have not signed up for TDM Premium, please do that now. Click on the little Discord tab inside of your account page, sign up, uh, and you can leave all of your takes. We're going to just dedicate the entire Friday episode this week to takes on takes. I will tell you that uh, they're already being... They're already loading up in there. There's there's oh, a yeah. lot that are in there since Jamie made the announcement uh, this morning that that's what we were going to do. So two more divisions this week and then that special show uh, on Friday. So again, the TDM Premium Discord, uh, the Takes on Takes tabs where you're going to want to throw those tweets. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Schubert underscore. You can follow Jamie on Twitter at Jamie Eisner. Appreciate everybody rating, reviewing, subscribing to this podcast. Hope everybody has a great rest of their Tuesday. Talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.